Bitcoin mine. It's not intuitive. It takes some time to get there, but it was a perfect complement for renewables. And the cost curves for solar specifically just meant that Bitcoin mining and solar would collide in what I think is going to be just an absolute terrific way in the years ahead. Things are not 100% aligned there yet, but I think within two to five years, we're going to see just an unparalleled explosion of growth and the marriage of those two technologies. Hello and welcome to the Solar Maverick podcast, where solar meets entrepreneurship and experience. I'm your host, Benoit Thangin, so let's get into it. Hi, this is Benoit, your host of the Solar Maverick podcast. The podcast is brought to you by Renew Energy. We're a solar developer and consulting firm. I wanted to personally invite our listeners who we call Mavericks to our summer solstice party, which will be happening Thursday, June 23rd from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. in Jersey City, New Jersey, which is right across the water from Manhattan. Summer solstice is the longest day of the year, and it's a big celebration in the solar industry. The event will be happening at Hudson Hall which is a Czech beer garden smokehouse, which I am one of the owners. If you're interested in more details, you could find it on the notes of the podcast. And I'm really excited on this episode of the podcast to have Kent Halliburton. He's the CEO of SAS Mining. SAS Mining is a platform that introduces retail investors to mining projects using renewable energy. Kent is an expert in solar, but also an expert in crypto. So I think he brings great perspective on the opportunity that lies with Bitcoin mining. I'm actually an advisor to SAS Mining, and I have learned a lot about mining. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Solar Maverick Podcast. Thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, this is Benoit, your host, the Solar Maverick Podcast. I'm excited to have someone that I've been waiting to get on the podcast for a very long time, and we finally made it happen. It's Kent Halliburton, and he's the CEO, sorry, COO at SAS Mining. I don't think Will would like if I said CEO. <laughs> he will be. Kent will be the CEO of SAS Mining eventually. <laughs> oh, let's hope not, man. I don't want that level of responsibility. I'm good where I'm at. I'm excited because this is a topic that we've talked about a lot with Bitcoin mining and taking renewable energy. Obviously, there's a lot of energy consumption related to mining. And obviously, using renewable resources is a great response to it. You're probably one of the few people out there who has both extensive renewable energy experience, extensive crypto experience. Can you talk a little bit about your background and how the opportunity at SAS Mining occurred and where you are today? I know that's like three questions in one, but... The journey of my life, right? (laughs) It has been a journey and it's been just fortuitous events that have led me to where I'm at. After college, I jumped pretty much directly in the solar industry. I worked for REC Solar and was there for a few years and then was recruited to Real Goods, who's no longer in the marketplace at this point. But while I was there at Real Goods, we scaled up. We were a national competitor, operated in nine states. I was in charge of the sales organization and kind of oddly also software. And we're doing quite well as a publicly traded company, growing through mergers and acquisitions and organic growth. There's a leadership shift at one point. This is about 2012. And I always had a dream to travel. And so I decided, you know, this is probably a good time to go fulfill that dream, do some international work in other solar markets. And that led me abroad throughout the Americas, Europe, Southeast Asia over the next couple of years. And along the way, I bumped into a woman that would become my wife and life partner. And she's Portuguese. And so in 2016, I planted my feet on the ground in Portugal and that became home, did the typical things with marriage, kid, all that, and wanted to figure out how this crypto passion that I'd 
developed along the way could be tied into my solar background. And I just realized that Bitcoin mining was that. And it took me a long time to get there, Benoit. But what I realized about Bitcoin mining is it's not intuitive. It takes some time to get there, but it was a perfect complement for renewables. And the cost curves for solar specifically just meant that Bitcoin mining and solar would collide in what I think is going to be just an absolute terrific way in the years ahead. Things are not 100% aligned there yet, but I think within two to five years, we're going to see just an unparalleled explosion of growth and kind of a marriage of those two technologies. Yeah, I agree with you. There's so many great points that you made in the conversation and how life is kind of fortuitous and it takes time. And then to realize that crypto mining, specifically Bitcoin mining, could be a great opportunity for renewable energy. I actually obviously learned about SAS mining because William, who's the CEO of SAS mining, listens to the Solar Maverick podcast. Then he reached out to me to basically be on the SAS mining podcast. Then I had him on as well on the Solar Maverick podcast. And that's interesting because you heard that interview and you reached out to me. But I missed the best part of the story. You were the one that made it happen for me to be here at San Mining. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to get into the mining space. And I was listening to various resources. And your interview with Will on the Solar Maverick podcast here is what provoked me to reach out because we loosely knew each other from days working together in solar and reached out and asked for an introduction. And one thing led to another now and right hand man for Will and growing says Mining. At that time, you were in Portugal, not in Peru, that you are now. And I remember our first conversation after not speaking for a while. And I was like, wow, like I can't believe how much Kent knows about Bitcoin and renewables and how to integrate it. It was the first time really that I was talking to someone who's an expert in both fields. And I was excited because I thought it was going to be a great introduction for Will from SAS Mining. And then to obviously see that he hires you and you thought it was a great opportunity for you. And, you know, I'm just making an introduction. You never know what's going to happen. And then obviously you completely change their business model and away we go. And it's just amazing to see now being as an advisor of the company, which was based on having the podcast, right? So it's just interesting how like things work and how fortuitous things are when you put yourself out there, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know this, you're a great networker, Benoit, but you never know where the networks and the relationships you make are going to take you. And I mean, we had to invite you on to be a, <laughs> an advisor to our organization after helping to introduce Will and I. It's already been amazing some of the relationships you've helped broker along the way. So we're super grateful for your assistance and support. Yeah, just crazy journey. I mean, when I came on board last year, I was working more as an energy advisor while the company was raising some capital and raised capital to actually go develop a couple large sites. But we didn't raise enough. So we couldn't go develop them. And Will and I sat back and had a deep think about what do customers really want right now? And what we discovered is that if we just listened to what our customers on our phone lines were saying, because we were doing consulting at that point. Sure. They were looking for low cost, clean power and access to mining rigs. And we realized nobody in the industry had really nailed what we think of as like a classic Web 2 aggregator model, which is where you provide a great user experience for people at the top of the funnel to be able to access the low cost power and mining rigs the big guys have access to. So that's the platform that we developed. And we were really fortunate to be able to find some great designers along the way. So we found a firm out of Germany and the UK that they developed 
products for TikTok, Twitter, N26, Adidas. They were working in parallel with Gucci, actually, while we were working with them. And the approach was to get product market fit before you go build your software. So we did that. And we know from the experience that we've come up with something that resonates with people. And it allows anybody in the world to basically own a mining rig, acquire the Bitcoin from the mining rig, but not have the hassle and headache that is behind figuring out how to run that yourself. Put all that effort and work on us. So take the complexity out of it, still get the benefits and own this hard asset of a miner. And we can talk more about what that means, but by aggregating that demand, we then come along and find renewable energy sites where they need other off-takers to actually underwrite the renewable facility. And a lot of that has to do with wind, solar curtailment, underutilized hydro. We're just focused on those sources. And what's brilliant about Bitcoin mining is it is the only manufacturing chain in the world that can be turned off in an instant. Everything else that's on the demand response side of things, if you want to shut it down, you can only be down for a certain time period. And it takes a staged process to turn off the operations. With Bitcoin mining, because the computation is occurring in terahashes. I can't even think about it. It's like a terabyte. How many billions of times a second this calculation occurs? You can chop this off in a millisecond and you haven't hurt the production of Bitcoin through mining at all. Yeah, that's amazing. That's like a great way to summarize a pretty complicated topic. And really, you're basically creating a marketplace for the retail investor to have access to investing in crypto mining with renewable energy. So that's pretty creative and intuitive, I think, for most investors, most retail investors. And the website's pretty easy to use for them to sign up, which is a huge thing. It's really interesting to see the type of people that are attracted to this because it tends to fall into like two groups. One is people that really understand Bitcoin and that want to take a step in their Bitcoin journey and start to help secure the network and mine their own Bitcoin. And then the other side is a lot of passive income driven people, like somebody that would go out and put a down payment on like a condo someplace to turn around and run it as an Airbnb for that passive income stream. They look at this and be like, wow, the numbers are so amazing. Like, why would I go do all that work to run an Airbnb when I can own a Bitcoin mining rig and have the passive income from that? There's very little I have to do there. It's very interesting to see, but as people get educated and understand this space better, they're going to come around to it. We were talking just right before the call, and I think that this is just this really big misunderstanding about Bitcoin consuming all this energy and that being a big problem. And rather than addressing that directly, I think it's actually much more important to talk about where Bitcoin mining fits within the grid electrification that has to happen. So if you start from like the highest level, we've got this climate change situation and coming down the pike at us, right? And the only way that we're going to keep our quality of life is by electrifying the grid. We got to electrify the grid and we've got to decarbonize at the same time. And the only way that actually occurs is by us generating more electricity. We simply can't have everybody turn off their combustion engines, stop driving their vehicles and not provide more electricity on the grid to supply the batteries and vehicles. Like it just doesn't work. So if we're going to do this, we actually need to produce more electricity. And if we're going to decarbonize the grid, there's three major legs to the stool to make that happen. The first is clearly renewables because of the variability of renewables. And I have to say, this is something that when I was in solar, I didn't appreciate enough. It is just variability that it impacts the grid, that the grid is trying to figure out how to work with. That is more solar and more wind comes online. The dynamics for that change. 
there needs to be a constant source of energy on the grid to just deal with the situations where there's just not enough power being put out uh, at any one time by renewables. And that consistent source of energy could be store fuel cells. But frankly, see how we get around it to just embrace nuclear energy as the second leg of that stool, because you need that constant uh, supply of energy amongst the intermittency of renewables. But then the third leg of the stool is there are just times where the grid has too much energy and you can monetize that and help underwrite the entire procedure. And that's Bitcoin mining because Bitcoin mining can go to wherever that excess energy is occurring and can monetize it. And that right there, I will tell you straight up, is a game changer. We're in conversations with wind farms talking about being shut down because production tax credits had rolled off. During certain times, their power is being charged at negative rates. And they're sort of, hey, the economics don't make sense anymore. We either shut this down or we embrace a Bitcoin mining operation to help underwrite this facility. These sorts of things are happening like all over the world right now. So Bitcoin mining, as opposed to like it competing with energy, which is, I think, the big thing that people misunderstand. It's this thing that just wants the cheapest energy, which is energy nobody else wants. That's the bottom line, right? Yeah. A huge opportunity. It's the wasted energy. If you're wasting it, it's basically cheaper. I was talking to a guy who was making phone calls to landfill operators. He said, hey, can I buy the gas coming off your landfill? And they laugh at him because they're like, what? You want the gas coming off our landfill? You mean our garbage dumps? They've got gas and you want to buy that from us? (laughs) With Bitcoin mining. Yeah. So it's like suddenly these carbon negative, carbon neutral life source are occurring all over the place. It's incredible. That is incredible. And yeah, there's a huge opportunity, especially where the projects weren't competitive and there's excess production. So that's huge. And that's big to understand. I think an interesting point, too, that you mentioned earlier about it's maybe easier investing into cryptocurrency like your SaaS mining platform compared to doing real estate or something else. But that's another important thing is like if you generate passive income, Everyone wants to make it as passive as possible. So that's a big thing because everything's a time commitment. So that's great with your platform. You don't really have to worry about that stuff. You're doing the dirty work. Yeah. So if we get a little bit more granular about that, what we're abstracting is everything except for the one key decision that anybody that mines Bitcoin has, which is when is the right time to sell my Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. You abstract everything else away, but that key decision still lies with the investor. So on a monthly basis, you're getting Bitcoin directly into your wallet. It's sent to you by the protocol from the mining pool into your wallet. You have the keys. Nobody else. There's no intermediary in between that. On the other side, the power to generate that Bitcoin and power your mining rig has to be paid for. So how do you choose to manage the income of Bitcoin with the U.S. dollar payment for your electricity? And that's the core question that still remains. Otherwise, everything else is completely passive. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought about that from that perspective. And that provides great information to our audience, really, because now it's really a passive invested. If they were actually doing the mining themselves, it would be active and they would be taxed at a higher tax rate, which is huge. On that point, I'm not a tax lawyer, couldn't tell, but it is considered a taxable income from my understanding. So you are going to have to claim that. Now, whether you decide to put that in an LLC, however you want to structure that, the way our platform works is we're in essence, if you take Bitcoin mining away from it, a mining rig is a specialized type of server. So being no different than if I had a server farm and you were going to go buy servers from me and I was going to sell you the power. All we're doing is plugging it in and setting it up. It's up to you to figure out how to manage that income and expense side of things. Yeah, definitely. That makes a lot of sense that you should consult your accountant or lawyer before transacting so that you 
understand all the potential economic consequences that could happen with investing. And obviously every investment has some sort of risk as well. As a leading authority in the solar industry, life gets very busy. In addition to traveling the world as a speaker and for my entrepreneurial ventures, I'm a son, friend, investor, and entrepreneur. And when it comes to delivering a great sounding show for my listeners, I choose Podcast Laundry. All I have to do is record and send and the rest is done. They do the dirty work of podcasting for me. Yes, social media graphics, quotes, show notes, master editing, and much more. All I have to do is record. So if you're a busy podcaster like me with an engaged audience and want to free up your time to do more of what you you love like going to the gym or spending time with loved ones go to podcastlaundry.com to schedule your consultation or call 347-871-8273 that's podcastlaundry.com or 347-871-8273 what bitcoin mining actually is and i think let me just offer this as a basic exploration because i'm so deep a lot of people don't <laughs> what bitcoin mining is right yeah, that's so, a great point. Let me start off with what Bitcoin mining is. So let's take an abstract, a step back. So first of all, Bitcoin is a network and a protocol. And so if you type in HTTP and go to a website, that's a protocol. Yeah. Bitcoin is different. It's just a monetary protocol. And I think that confuses people because we're not used to having a protocol with a financial element to it. But that's what it is. And so it's distributed and it's decentralized. There's tens of thousands of people that have different nodes that help support the rules of the network. But the rules of the network are open source code and based on mathematics. That is it. So everybody in the world can go see the code. They can go try to attack and beat it up. And I will tell you, there is no bigger honeypot in the world for like attackers to go after than the Bitcoin network. And the fact that it's never once been hacked for 13 years is the reason why it continues to grow in value. That and the fact that the monetary supply, so new Bitcoin coming out, is on a fixed schedule. So as opposed to the Federal Reserve that provides US dollars to our economy, it's very arbitrary. Every couple months, we're all like pins and needles. We're called an elf that you're going to tell us to get when they rattle their shell. And <laughs> do they use the or the? The. You know, yeah. like, like, <laughs> breakdown that we're doing. There's this like arbitrariness to our money right now that it is just so fundamentally different than the Bitcoin network. Just strict rules of math. It's logical. It's outside of anybody's ability to change. And then the Bitcoin mining is the heart of the Bitcoin network because what it does is it secures the network and it gets a bit complicated how it secures the network, but that security comes for a price. So the miners secure the network and produce the new Bitcoin. In exchange, when they provide the security, they earn rewards for it. That's the primary function of Bitcoin mining is actually securing this network. And when you talk about security of the network, just to put this in perspective, there's no network on the planet that's more secure than Bitcoin mining. Yeah. The Bitcoin. I mean, the amount of power that's being used is actually a measure of the security of the network. So in order to actually attack this network in a way that could be done and actually harm it, it would actually take several nation states at this point colluding. And that's what the power is going towards is securing and making it so it's not feasible for any bad actor to come along and act it. A lot of people don't understand that that's what the purpose of the power consumption is for, is for security. That's a great point. And it's interesting because you talk about how Bitcoin has a schedule as far as distributions, and then eventually you can't produce any more Bitcoin. What's interesting to me is the government has printed so much money the U.S. government during the coronavirus, what we've seen is high inflation, which has been an effect of the Fed's trying to raise rates to potentially ease that. But it's interesting because you're in a situation where the government just keeps borrowing and borrowing. 
And they just keep printing money to basically cover the inflation aspect of it. It's a really interesting dynamic inflation. I think actually Bitcoin itself has taught me more about money than I understood before Bitcoin existed. It's almost like you finally have a mirror. Like you've heard this old expression, these two fish were swimming along and this older fish swam by and said, hey boys, how's the water? And the two fish keep swimming for a little while. And then one fish turns to the other and says, hey, what's water? You know, <laughs> Bitcoin is like that a lot. It's like, because we don't have a reflection point to question what is money. Once you have this alternative choice to ask what is money, then you can actually start to understand the system and how it works. And it's so arbitrary the way the system works right now with money. In fact, I would actually go so far as to say that we're living in a time period right now that may be like akin to pre-United States, mm-hmm. where we look at like the idea of the separate so basic. Why would you put those two together? Like that seems ridiculous now, right? I think our grandkids are going to say the same thing about money in state. They're going to look at that and be like, you guys were insane. You learned about money. <laughs> Would you do that? Yeah. There's never been a time in human history where that power has not been abused. Like not once in human history when there's a centralized authority that printed money, they didn't wind up abusing it. The incentives are incorrect. And eventually, even if it's not abused initially, eventually it does. No, I agree with you. It's unfortunate because it is being taken advantage of by the government. I appreciate you explaining Bitcoin mining to the audience and potentially like the opportunity with solar or other renewable energy. What's the next steps for the company? Can you talk about the release of the platform and what the expectations are maybe? We got into the marketplace basically first week of March. We just soft launch, friends and family, advisors, you know, just kicking the tires to make sure everything was working right. Bitcoin 2022 was the first week of April last month, and we did our hard launch there. And that was meant to, let's really see what customers think as we're in the marketplace. From that was an amazing experience. I mean, there was almost nobody that didn't like what we were doing. That was the crazy part to me. And I know that was a biased audience, yeah. but it was mean to me, the feedback, because normally you bring a product to market and you go, always going to have some naysayers. But now we're at a phase where we're setting up our first facility. We're acquiring customers on our wait list to fill that facility. And there's a limited number of spots on our wait list. And we're asking $100 per mining rig that people want to reserve in order to show commitment on the wait list. That first facility will be up and operational in September. And as soon as that facility is operational, at that point, we'll collect the capital for the mining rigs. And then you'll start to mine your Bitcoin and it goes directly to your wallet. We take care of the rest. That's huge. It's like end-to-end service. And then the customer just has to check their account and see how much Bitcoin they have. And that's pretty easy or most private client to understand and to do that. So that's really innovative. It's, I guess, the Uber, right, of you're matching basically investors with renewable energy projects or NF Bitcoin. Yeah, that's NFCs. Actually, you're touching on investors. Investors have been quite eager to participate with us on this project because they see this vision that we have that I like to remind people that before Uber existed, there was other ride-sharing apps. It just took the Uber experience to really blow open that ride-sharing marketplace. Same with Airbnb. There was home-sharing apps that existed before Airbnb, but they provided that right experience. And then suddenly the marketplace blows up and then we feel comfortable staying in other people's homes and it's no longer weird. But we can do the same with Bitcoin mining because nobody has nailed this for the end consumer. And we think that once people really understand how easy it is to earn passive income, I mean, it genuinely is one of those things where it seems too good to be true, but it's not. I mean, this is just the Bitcoin network. It's just math. We're just providing you a server, provide power, making sure that it's connected connected to the network. That's it. The network does the rest. It's not even us. 
it sounds so easy and simple, but obviously I know you have appreciation for how hard it is to make a platform that attracts people and that they're able to invest. And obviously as well, miners to put their projects on the platform as well to be comfortable. I will mention one of my funniest observations. <laughs> so many people at Bitcoin 2022 is that it was almost like the whole industry for people to learn how to do Bitcoin mining. It's been filled with a lot of this engineering techno jargon. It reminds me very much of the early days of solar when I was participating there. What I found was fascinating talking to people is the simplicity of our product took a very long time for people to get through. Like they just had so much jargon in their heads. You'd <laughs> be like, oh, really? It's this easy? <laughs> <laughs> when you go through the process, it is pretty easy. And that's amazing. The more you're able to simplify it, the easier it is to get customers interested and obviously continuing to use or invest into your site. So that's really interesting. I mean, we see the same thing in solar, right? You look at the residential solar, like it really started to blow up when these finance models like Solar City and Sunrun came into the market that simplified and made it easy for a customer to say yes. In our position, we're very much doing the same. Yeah, definitely. And it's interesting you mentioned that because it's really related to the power purchase agreement for the solar residential where the customer doesn't have to put a capital outlay and they basically get a discount of 10 to 20% on the cost of electricity over a 25 year period. So that's pretty interesting because you're basically showing how that's the early stage of what you're doing really. I mean, there's no PPA product effectively, but I'm sure your miners have off-take agreements. We're working on it too. We know as stage yep. one, we're going to need to ask for capital up front. We aren't looking at financing options because just like the cost of paying for a solar electric system was the biggest barrier to people adopting it. If we can bring that cost down lower, even if it's maybe not as much cash the person is getting, more people are going to be able to go for it. So we are looking at finance options that are akin to what the residential PPA did for solar. That is a game changer because that's how really the residential market blew up once that product was out and accepted in the market. Yeah, it was fun to be able to work with those in the very early days. <laughs> people transitioned their minds from like, oh my gosh, solar is expensive to, oh, it's actually quite accessible. Yeah, that's a great thing. And that's why the PPA is such a great product because it's electricity savings and there's no outlay, which is huge. This has been an interesting interview. Kent, if people wanted to learn more about SAS mining and yourself, like what's the best way to do that? A couple of different ways. First of all, sasmining.com, S-A-Z-Mining.com would be our website. People want to reach out to me. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn, Kent Halliburton. And then you can also find me on Twitter at K Halliburton. And I'm sure you'll spell my name for people when you post this, but the common misspelling is one L, not two. No relationship to the Halliburton organization. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Also, is there anything like you're seeing with solar and Bitcoin mining that maybe the audience might not be familiar with? I would mention one thing. Yeah. There's sort of been two strategies to Bitcoin mining. And I think the second strategy actually fits very well with solar. So when you do Bitcoin mining, you've got the hardware and the infrastructure, and then you've got your OPEX, which is primarily electricity. And people are always looking to lower their OPEX. But there's a strategy out there now that because of the intermittency of a lot of renewables, Bitcoin mining, you want to get the return on your high capex by being operational as long as you can. Of course, you can have demand response and be flexible to the grid. But if you have a situation where you've got excess solar for like 30 or 40 percent a day, that's a hard uptime to make the numbers pencil on Bitcoin mining. Now, where it can make sense, though, is instead of going for the high end equipment, 
you can actually acquire very cheap used secondhand equipment that costs almost nothing, but then gets you hash rate to start earning Bitcoin and can turn that electricity from a solar operation into something productive. And the numbers on that actually are quite interesting. So you're not earning quite as much Bitcoin, but your CapEx to do the mining operation for that is much lower. And so it makes it more feasible. Yeah, that's a great perspective to end the interview with, because I think that really shows what the opportunity really is and in a simple sort of way. And I think what you guys are doing in SAS Mining is amazing. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't be an advisor if I didn't think there's a lot of potential in the team and what you're doing. And I learned a lot, actually, from going to the Bitcoin Miami conference in 2022. It feels like so long ago, but it's only been a few weeks. <laughs> but getting to know the SAS mining team and interesting seeing the launch, how much demand there was as well from people who wanted to learn about it. So exciting times with SAS mining. Curious to see what the future is going to hold. I appreciate your time and we'll definitely talk soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Benoit. It's been a pleasure to be on. Anytime. And obviously all your contact information is going to be on the notes of the podcast as well, just in case people have a hard time finding it. I welcome the communications. One of the exciting opportunities of being on here and speaking with you, Benoit, was the opportunity to help educate folks in the solar community because it got a definitely a place in my heart, the solar industry, having worked there and put my wheel to the shoulder with them to help drive to what it is today. Yeah, and I appreciate you providing value to the industry by talking about this opportunity that I don't think has really been discussed in this much detail within a podcast regarding the renewable energy opportunity with Bitcoin mining. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Solar Maverick Podcast. The Solar Maverick Podcast is brought to you by Renew Energy. We're a solar development and consulting firm. If you believe that this podcast is adding value to you, please give us a five-star review and share with those that you think could benefit from this information. Please email all questions, suggestions, and feedback to info at renewenergy.com. That's I-N-F-O at reneuenergy.com. The Solar Maverick Podcast is produced by Podcast Laundry and executive produced by Benoit Thangen and Kevin Y. Brown. 